Seasonal allergies are about to hit their peak if they haven't already. Where we are in the southeast, everything is coated with a thin layer of yellow pollen right now. Stuffy noses, sore throats, irritated eyes, and fatigue are all common for seasonal allergy sufferers. But could those seasonal allergies also be aggravating your mood? In today's episode, we're explaining the very real connection between seasonal allergies and mental health. Let's dive in. So Carolyn, I have to admit this now that we are completely prepped for this new podcast episode that we're running. When you first suggested this, I think my, my, like my, this isn't going to work out radar started going off (laughs) and it wasn't because I didn't have faith in you. It was because everything that I've researched in the past around seasonal allergies is that when you talk about like homeopathic type remedies, they're not that effective or even legitimate and there's a lot of suggestions of things to do that just flop so when you said that you wanted to talk about seasonal allergies and how it affects your mood I thought oh my gosh we're going to be talking anecdotally about how people are sad when they have seasonal allergies oh. but you proved and how me wrong. maybe eating some local honey might help your mood. Yeah, that's what I was afraid that you were going to come to me with. I was like, oh, no, Carolyn, this was also after you went and had your naturopath appointment. And so I just thought, oh, no, here we go. Not that naturopaths are not credible, that they are, but. She didn't try to push any local honey on me. Still, I just, I was like, oh, no, crunchy Carolyn has emerged. (laughs) No. And this is one that came as a surprise to me. And I wasn't sure there was anything there. Because we have, let's be honest, we have a lot of ideas. We Some do. Some are our own personal theories about things related to mental health. They're just ideas we have. And then we dig a little and we're like, I have to, have to be like, uh, there's not enough there. So I, I can't remember what caused me to start looking into this. But I was prompted to do it pretty quickly since I think I had the idea in March. And I was like, oh, if we want to do this, we need to do it soon. Yeah, we need to do it soon because... <laughs> The pollen is everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So, but gosh, once I started looking into this and then I shared it with you, I was like, oh my gosh, why is nobody talking about the impact that pollen and seasonal allergies have on your mental health? Because it's, it's, there's a huge connection. There's a huge connection. There's some really interesting statistics But also, right before we started recording, we were talking about how, why do allergists and dermatologists, why are they not screening for depression? Yeah, because they should be. Because a lot of times, you know, those, your allergy, your signs of an allergy, and then your eczema and those kind of things. That's where they, they're seeing them in that office. Yeah. And that's where it starts. And then as we'll get into it for listeners, it's that then it just from there is when it progresses to potentially be a mental health condition. Well, in addition to. Well, and also um, people are a lot more likely to go see a dermatologist usually. You know, you don't really think twice about that. No, no. And when you get to a psychologist or psychiatrist all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So but yeah. This connection, though, I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? Now I think, can y'all understand why in a second? Now I think about everything I smell or breathe. I know. And y'all understand why in a second. But 
Okay, so I found back in the 1930s, they doctors were talking about it. They called it allergic toxemia, and I felt like I could really relate to this because, let me find it in my notes, they said when people had like seasonal allergies, they, these people described being fatigued, slowed thought process, pure memory, in a, um, irritability, and depression, and their sleep was interrupted, and I thought, that's me every time I get a sinus infection or with seasonal allergies, fatigue, yes. especially slowed thought process. Yes. Well, and irritability when you're constantly like stuffed yeah. up or sneezing or your eyes are watery and itchy. I mean, you're irritable, yeah. understandably so. Yeah. And we are going to talk that. They called it a nuisance disease, <laughs> kind of your reaction to um, seasonal allergies. When that does play a role. There is more of a chemical and biological role, but that just dealing with that junk yeah, plays a role in your mood. Yeah. Well, thank you to the doctors in the 1930s who coined the term yeah, allergic I'm toxemia. I'm sorry you died without anybody doing anything with all this. And now we're having to bring it to the public. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which we love doing. Okay. So today we are talking about seasonal allergies more specifically, we're really honing in on allergic rhinitis, a.k.a. hay fever, and that's because it is the most common. It's the most prevalent or common way you see allergies in a population. You know, you're going to have all kinds of allergies, but allergic rhinitis is, I guess, the most common or most prevalent way that it comes out, like that makes sense? Yes, that makes sense. Okay. So statistically speaking, 15% of the U.S. population has been diagnosed by a physician. But that, like with many things that we like to talk about on this podcast, is very likely an underrepresented figure. Right. Right. Very underrepresented. Like that doesn't include my diagnoses in there. Like when I <laughs> diagnose you with stuff. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But it's the most common chronic disease in children, which was kind of interesting. I didn't really, I thought chronic disease, but I guess so. I mean, it is. If you think about it, if it rears its Mm -hmm. ugly head at least once a year, if not twice, if it comes back Mm -hmm. in the fall. And it's the fifth most common one in adults. And so what we're talking about here, if you live in the South, I know everyone's like, you don't even have to tell us what you're talking about with allergic rhinitis. That stuffy nose due to congestion or runny nose, post-drainal drip where you start like, you know, like. You have that post-drainal drip. Sometimes you can't even feel it, and you're like, but you know, like, before going to bed, like, I'm going to have a sore throat tomorrow. Yes. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Nothing you can do. You want to do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Red or watery eyes, sometimes maybe puffy or swollen eyelids, sneezing, but that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. And a lot of times here, I know a lot of folks here in Birmingham, because the pollen is so bad in the southeast, they will not actually really have allergies, and I fall into this category. I don't have seasonal allergies, but when the pollen is at its peak like this, I absolutely get headaches. Like in the mm. afternoon, I'll get a little bit more of a headache. And I, I just had this conversation with my father-in-law yesterday. You don't have seasonal allergies? Like when the pollen comes out? Mm-mm. No. But I will when the pollen is really high, like it has been, if I – like yesterday I – I worked from home and uh-huh. I sat on my porch for a good portion of the day because it was just so beautiful out. By about four o'clock, I had a, a headache. Interesting, like a, just a dull, okay, a dull headache. Okay. So, well, and 
you know, allergic rhinitis is the main way we see it, or it's what affects most people. But also tied into this is eczema Mm -hmm. as well as asthma. So a lot of times if you have eczema, you may see that first, and then you get the stuffy nose, that kind of stuff, congestion. But they said a lot of people don't have the eczema, you know, and they don't know really know why some people get it with allergic rhinitis and, or hay fever. Let's call it hay fever. Some people don't. And then was it asthma is also linked into there. So if you have allergic rhinitis, it significantly increases the probability of asthma. And it says up to 40% of people who do have hay fever or rhinitis will have asthma. So asthma and eczema are both tied in there. So interesting. Yeah. I remind me later, I got a eczema soapbox to get on. That could be potentially be another episode. <laughs> See, here we go. We're generating more ideas. So we know now there is the like the seasonal allergies, right? And then there are other allergies that people may experience year round. Also, like, you know, allergic rhinitis type symptoms, but the cause is something else of yeah. which there is a list. But the point is, is that if yours are, you know, perpetual throughout the year, it's well, not okay, the same. Let's break it down. So like we're talking about seasonal today and pollen is a huge one, but also like grass. And, you know, just as things are blooming, tree and grass pollen, ragweed is a common seasonal yeah. one that you see. And the reason you usually see it in spring and summer and then a little early fall is... Um, I read a stat that pollen counts in the air are highest mid-spring to early summer. In fact, that's when 75% of the pollen spreading is done. Wow. I know. We're right in the midst of it. We're, we are dead center in yeah. it. Now, if you have, maybe you just kind of have allergies all year round and it doesn't seem to be necessarily worse in the spring or summer. That's what they call perennial allergic rhinitis but that's going to be like dust mites and pet hair they included cockroaches or mold or that kind of thing that just is there constantly so we're talking more about seasonal today so we've covered some stats we've talked about the symptoms we've covered the fact that we're not talking about perennial allergic rhinitis Mm -hmm. let's stop trying to pretend like we're ents exactly and explain to them (laughs) why we are bringing up seasonal allergies yeah seasonal allergies on a mental wellness podcast good point good point thank you for writing the ship here (laughs) okay so allergies have been linked with anxiety and depression and even suicidal behavior okay and i kind of did the prep for this one and I just want, it wasn't like a few studies linked it. It is a very pretty solidified connection, Connection. which I was like, why, you know, we feel pretty well versed. We may not know stuff, but we've heard of connections to mental health. Um, But we really had, neither you nor I had really heard of this one. So I thought that was interesting. But yes, there's numerous studies that link it with anxiety, depression, suicidal behavior, um, so explain this second bullet point, will you? Um, so allergic rhinitis or allergies is more prevalent in those who have depression and those who have a family history of depression. So we're talking mainly today about how seasonal allergies could worsen 
mental health conditions or, you know, trigger some depression or anxiety. But they say it's kind of bi-directional. I'm really loving that word because we've used that word uh-huh. with other things. And it's just... This will make it's, more it's sense. It's a really good word. This will make more sense when we explain how the seasonal allergies could cause depression. Yes. Because it has to do with inflammation. That is, it's kind of almost like, um, I want to envision like a Ferris wheel. It's not yeah. that. But it's like once you get something going, like a snowball that just keeps getting bigger as it goes. Like once right. you have some inflammation, like yes. a little inflammation, then it's easier than... It is. It's like a bigger snowball that grows and then it, as it grows, it picks up more snow. So as it, as it grows, it starts to affect more things, things in your body. Another way I've described it to people since I do a lot with um, chronic inflammation is it's kind of like, and I may share this with you, like once you've got a little inflammation, it's kind of like you've had like a bad morning, like something bad happened at the office or with work that morning. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. you've moved on now, but... (laughs) You know, the second half of the day, you're still a little, like, on edge, like, you know, not on edge, but just kind of irritated yeah. from it, okay? Um, And so, it's kind of like that when you have a little inflammation or your body's been irritated just a little. Yep. So, it's almost hypersensitive now to other irritants, and it's mm-hmm. easier for that inflammation to grow. Got it. I think about it the way I've been thinking about my garden with these two sickly bushes that I have. Somebody said to me, they're like, well, they just weren't doing very well. And so and so then they became more, it became more likely because they were a little sickly to attract pests. And then they become sicker because now they've got like a pest on them. Anyway, so similar concept, right, of you get a little bit, and then it makes it easier for it to become a bigger thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've covered gardening and ENT (laughs) and snowballs and bad mornings. Let's keep going with seasonal um, allergies. So a pediatric diagnosis of seasonal or year-round allergies is predictive of an adult diagnosis of depression or bipolar disorder. Um, One study, I thought this was interesting, found that children with symptoms of separation anxiety, which is considered a type of anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. were more likely to have been treated for asthma and allergies compared to the kids their same age who didn't have separation anxiety. That is so interesting. I know. Um. There's a significant association, this is from another study, between anxiety disorders and self-reported allergies. And then, um, you know, there's data to suggest that pollen, so seasonal um, allergies, worsens depression in bipolar patients, specifically during that high pollen season. Which which then, um, so you and I had previously been talking about, like, the, the idea of like when does when do some um, like when might suicide peak when does depression well honestly, you know jump up and we had had this conversation where I said I really think that there is that people can be more susceptible to having uh, 
like a seasonal affective disorder in the spring. You said that, and I didn't. I didn't really believe you. <laughs> yeah. See, exactly. <laughs> but you but said I didn't I, you, you said about the I. You said I swear I have read that suicide peaks in the summer, like in the early summer months, and I was like, I don't think so because I suffer more from seasonal affective disorder and I'm like breathing a sigh of relief once we get like into March and I'm like okay the world's gonna be okay you know yeah, yeah. and so I was like how and then I I like I love spring and um I was like how could people not be happy in the spring that makes no sense but when I was researching this it was linking or it associated allergies as a possibility for why suicide rates go high they peak every year it's a recurring thing in spring and early summer. Yeah. Exactly when 75% of that pollen is coming out. It's coming out. Well, and I had also said to you that anecdotally in in people, you know, in my in my world that I know have suffer from different types of mental health conditions that I have seen them be struggle more in the spring. And I've gone through periods where I've struggled more in the spring than I have any other time of year. Hmm. So that was really what piqued my interest. Then I got into the the suicide rates, and I was like, oh. And now we're just we're just building on it. Well, I loved how I didn't believe you, and then I got into this research, and I was like, she was right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love a convert. So, um, and there are multiple studies to suggest that that may be linked to like the seasonal allergies that are out there, mm-hmm. the suicide rates. Mm-hmm. Not not the total reason by any means. No, but, no, but it, it may be enough inflammation to kind of push somebody, um, maybe who was had, had ideation of it, to push to them the next over the edge. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why allergies may impact mental health, um, and this is where we really get into the fascinating and also slightly alarming connection. This is where you're going to start thinking about everything you breathe. You might want to actually put your mask back on. You might want to put your COVID (laughs) mask back on. I might want to put my COVID mask back on. Okay, so I'm assuming you want me to run with this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you... The main reason, underlying reason, is cytokines, which trigger inflammation. Okay, cytokines are inflammatory compounds that the immune system produces. So when the immune system senses, let's say, pollen... Um, it overreacts and it triggers a production of cytokines. It's overreacting because it's... It's like an irritant to your body. Right. And it's acting like that pollen is a bacteria or a virus, right. something that it legitimately needs to get rid of. Right. But it's not. And so it overreacts and it produces these cytokines. Cytokines would normally go fight off that bacteria or virus that has entered your body or whatever's going on. Um, and creates other inflammation, uh, other compounds that create inflammation. So when that happens, you have the stuffy nose and the red eyes and, and that kind of thing. But you've got that low-level inflammation. Which, <clears throat> just as a reminder, that's not actually always a bad thing. No. It, you know, your body producing cytokines is a perfectly normal reaction, and in some instances it's really quite appropriate and helpful. Like if you have that bacteria virus, right. you want it. Exactly. That. But like you said, it has this overreaction when it's when if you are susceptible to pollen, yeah. right? 
it's yeah. going to over it overreacts. And people, I think, just because I work a lot with chronic inflammation, people seem to forget that it's an immune reaction. Mm-hmm. So if you have allergies back to back or back constant, that starts overworking the immune system, so that when you do have like a real bacteria or real virus you may be more susceptible to getting sick because yeah. your immune system is at, isn't at a hundred percent. Which totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's like all the puzzle pieces are fitting together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, so your immune system has inflammation. Well, the other thing we've got to consider, most of your mental health conditions have some inflammatory component they're either precipitated by or aggravated i'm not gonna pretend there's not data suggests that depression or anxiety is solely caused by inflammation right but it Um, plays a role for sure definitely and like you said it can precipitate or it can aggravate yes yeah which and not necessarily caused directly yes um and research suggests that seasonal allergies and depression share some common called it mediators i don't we're not going to go into what that is but um so that it's kind of i guess let's call it the same inflammatory highways if you will Mm, that's a great way to put it yeah yeah Yeah. and um in fact what they have noticed is a lot of times the inflammatory um um markers the neuroinflammatory markers that you observe like with seasonal allergies are also some of the same ones you see with depression yeah so they're very interconnected and this is what i was talking about the bi-directional so if you've got inflammation already inflammation from depression that's inflammation in the brain mainly right then that may make your brain a little more sensitive or immune system a little more sensitive to you may be a little more reactive to those seasonal allergies and exactly. you've got this big snowball of inflammation yes or vice versa that's uh, so i say or the other way around mm-hmm. you may have seasonal allergies and then you raise your risk of having depression yeah now you ready to get real yeah, this part is really going to blow reader or listeners' minds. So if you kind of just tuned out for a hot minute, this is the part where you really want to come back and focus. And also, if you're anything like me, you might want to go find after this where your KN95s are that are collecting dust because you don't have to be wearing them on uh, planes and in Ubers anymore. Yeah. So there is a nose-brain connection. I guess kind of like the gut-brain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. this one's a little scarier Why does the brain have to be connected to everything, Caroline? I don't know, but this one's like, I don't know. For some reason, this one hit real close to home. Or maybe it's because real, they're real close Because they're together. just <laughs> close in proximity to one another. <laughs> the nose-brain connection. And it says neuroinflammation, so inflammation in the brain that could be contributing to depression or allergies. <clears throat> occurs can occur through the passage of inflammatory molecules like pollen um from the nasal cavity to the brain and so when you breathe in something there's a things can very easily reach the ner- your nervous system and your brain and have the capacity to interact with neurotransmitters their metabolism their function sleep and behaviors and that is kind of the methodology or the mode for how allergies the nose brain connection is how allergies appear to impact psychological health so here's what i'm envisioning in my mind Mm -hmm. the yellow pollen is going up into my nose 
and then all the way up and then passing into my brain and just yeah there's like a yellow film in my brain now oh i have much uglier i think i looked at too many pictures well but but this is where where i then got really tripped up in the sense that when you think now i'm thinking about like everything that i smell how is that impacting well, I'm my thinking about like potentially toxic stuff like right. chemicals right. like cleaning things right like what happens when you huff all that bleach <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean I it like... makes sense why huffing glue can get you high yeah 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 but also again not I enough I haven't thought about huffing <laughs> In a long time. I, mean, I have never really contemplated it for myself. But I, I, I never contemplated it for myself. School. I just know people did it. Yeah. But, okay, so, and we're not going to get into this, but if anybody, you know, has a health or science interest, it, um, those inflammatory molecules cross the blood-brain barrier, mm-hmm. which that is a big, big deal. The blood-brain mm-hmm. barrier is like this extra layer around the really important parts of the brain or the, um, and it really doesn't let a lot of things through. But these things can get through the blood, blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Ooh. okay, so it's largely inflammation through the nose, or no, but that plays a role. But um, the other way that allergies impact mental health is just the fatigue and just the not feeling good. You know, a study was talking about how it impacts your social life, your relationships, your interpersonal. Um, it causes fatigue and loss of productivity. And this is where they referenced it being just like a nuisance disease, like yeah. a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, which, all of which can cause stress and lead to sadness. And stress can cause inflammation too, you right. know. Right. Um, it's, to me, it, it's very much like that. that it, it's like you're, you're feeling ill. You have like some like low grade cold basically yeah. that you're experiencing for weeks on end. And the first few weeks, eh, not so bad. And but then it really starts to wear on you. You're stuffed up, you're not sleeping great. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to be as social because you just don't feel well. And I mean, I think about the times when I I don't know if this ever happens to you, but when I get really sick. I always inevitably there's some point in my endless where I just have like a cry it out session. Like it's just I get so sad that I'm ill and I just want to feel better that I just cry. And I watched that actually with Holland because Holland has not been feeling well for about a week now. And last night she just broke down. She's like, Mommy, I just want to go back to school and I want to see my friends Mm. and I want to get good grades. I'm a poor child's in the third grade. But nevertheless, I'm like, don't worry about your grades right now, kid. But yes, and and she just she just cried because she just wanted she wanted to be able to do life. Yeah, and she's not been feeling well for like a week. Well, so. it doesn't make me cry; it makes me mad. Oh, <laughs> like because it's allergy. This kind of allergy stuff or sinus stuff, it's so subtle. It's not something you feel like you necessarily need to stay home for or go to the doctor. But you just. Right don't feel like yourself you're not thinking like yourself you just don't really feel good but it's not that bad right and so after a while it just makes me so mad I get it I totally get it yeah 
So. so you rage, I cry. Well, and then we talked about the stress can lead to sleep issues. And then that opens a whole nother can of worms. Yes. Inflammation, but also, you know, connections to mental health in other ways. And yeah, you oof. already feel groggy and now you're not sleeping great. I mean, it's just yeah one compounding factor after another. Yeah. So overall big takeaway, right, is that the connection between seasonal allergies and mental health conditions, particularly depression, is bi-directional. So they can each cause each other. Cause each other. And the two main reasons uh, that allergies impact our mental health is cytokines and inflammation, which, mm-hmm. quick side note, I would like all of our listeners to just raise their hands. I wish we could see them if they actually know what the word cytokines is. And I think that more people do now because of COVID and all the talk about cytokine storms. But anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Just know them as inflammatory compounds Compound. the immune system makes. And initially they're good. When they stick around, they're bad. Right. And then the second reason is just, it leads to just fatigue and feeling crappy. And that just is a real sick of it. And you can't be productive. That's probably what gets me depressed. mad. Out yes. Can't be. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Get real mad. Yeah. Yeah. So. We don't have a lot of solutions for you here, but I think our real goal for this was more awareness. Yes. Because if you already have some minor or major, you know, mental health conditions, then this is a time a year to be aware. It's okay, you know, if if you notice yourself feeling worse, you know, it may not be anything you're doing or it may not be necessarily your medication not working. It may be seasonal allergies contributing some inflammation and then of course always go talk to somebody or you know yeah exactly but I I think it's just for me I felt like it was just important to like be aware like just of the connection yeah I completely agree awareness I'm so glad you summarized it that way for listeners like awareness is really was the goal I also really appreciate it, the awareness part of it, just as a parent with a kid who has been, you know, more recently struggling with seasonal allergies. Then I'm like, oh, I, I just, I want to be more aware for her. Yeah. Pay yeah. attention. Exactly. So. Well, thank you for enlightening us I'm glad with this amazing research. I'm glad the episode panned out since you weren't sure. Since <laughs> I wasn't so sure. <laughs> since I wasn't so sure. But it did. And it was beautiful. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll be back next week. Yep. See y'all then. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye! Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. 
If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.